Crazy Canucks. Scores! Right on the horn, it'll count. As the gentle tones of the Magnum B.I. theme herald our arrival to the upper levels, the 500 level, the esteemed rarefied air of the top decks of GM Place, we again break the bread on another season of the Crazy Canucks. And we're, we're all here. It's still preseason. The guys are still battling for jobs. But before we get into some hardcore hockey talk, I would like to present unto you my esteemed, my esteemed Crazy Canucks. I'm going to start far left the inside of the man who not only knows the ushers names but where they stash their stash jj guerrero of the canucks hockey blog hello jj hey dave how's it going hello everyone it's nice to be back here in the suite and by the way we're in suite 520 dave not 420 okay (laughs) oh i will uh keep that uh stash then (laughs) no fire alarms they did give us evacuation notification and then Next, uh, coming along on uh, on my left wing, perhaps the big. Well, I think it's official now. The biggest hockey fan, Canucks fan, ever to hail from the from the corn the corn growing state of Iowa, and coincidentally, he's another year older. Mr. John Bolwood, happy birthday! Good day, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then, basking in the radiant glow of Vancouver's love, and the Georgia Strait, the esteemed Georgia Strait. And the people of Vancouver, Vox Populi, has voted and decided that there is no finer local blogger or local Twitterer than my friend, Miss 604. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Dave. I'm kind of, I feel kind of cool that you still kind of hang out with us, you know, I know you hang out with John, but, you know, I keep on expecting to get my pink slip, like, you know, I just don't have time for you anymore, you're going to have to call my agent, so I'm glad I haven't got to that point yet. That's because we're all from Surrey and we all stick together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, and, you know, I made a trip to the old neighborhood, spent a few days watching baseball games right in the heart of the old neighborhood, and, you know, I got to say, I haven't missed it, haven't haven't missed it a bit. I've done my time in Wally. <laughs> now, we're here, um, you know, it's, it's got to be, what, the, the seventh game. We're undefeated 6-0 and in the preseason. I want to get more into the lines and the guys who are in the bubble and that kind of stuff. But before we forget it all, I want to spend a few minutes and talk about what's going on this year because you've made some significant changes to your blog, JJ. I've got a few things brewing up. And just to kind of give a little bit of recap what's going on, but this year you have turned your blog into a blogging empire. You added young Richard at the end of last season, and now you got Alex blogging for you. What's the lowdown? Oh, yeah, we've got a, a few people contributing to the site, which is great because there's tons of good Canucks bloggers out there. Uh, Richard Lote joined at the end of last year. Alex Wright, you know her from um, the Humming Giraffe. She joined at the start of the playoffs. And young Josh Hall, and some of you folks know him as, you know, Van Can out of the blue. He does a video podcast on Canucks.com. He's, uh, he's contributed a few videos for us this year, uh, this year already. You mean Boy Wonder, Josh Hall? The kid, the kid who makes Cody Hodgson look like, like, a, look like Matt Sundin, the old gaffer? Hey, hey Josh, Davis, <laughs> Boy Wonder. <laughs> oh, he's oblivious. He's got his game face on. <laughs> and John, you've got a few things brewing up already on the Crazy Canucks. You've got to jump on this season where you've been posting a little bit more of miscellaneous hockey coverage, and you've already made a f- couple recordings. You record some of the tweet up or something? Yeah, well, the, there was the the, uh, the Hurricane Grill tweet up, and then we, we we just stepped outside during uh, during the tweet up just to kind of get a little bit of a roundup. We had um, uh, Brian over there from Canucks Corner to come out and uh, record a little bit with us, and that's something that we want to incorporate is uh, to kind of get into the community a little bit more. So it's it's 
we're going to have the, the same TCC crew in the podcast, but then whoever we can bring in, be it Richard from uh, the Canucks Hockey Blog or even Alex, uh, we're, we're going to you know try to incorporate the community in general. So, and on top of that, uh, I'm, I'm posting more content, written content and photos uh, onto the, uh, the Crazy Canucks, focusing a little bit more of my hockey writing off of my personal blog and putting it more onto the crazycanucks.com. Mm-hmm. Now, what's this about a tweet-up? I, I, I missed that, but uh, Rebecca, since you are, you know, well, you're the Twitter authority here in town, <laughs> what was up with the tweet-up? The tweet-up was really cool. It was um, an official Canucks tweet-up, meaning that they picked the place and they supplied us with prizes and they put it on Canucks.com and everything, and I think we're going to be planning on doing one at least once a month. And the cool thing was that this last one, they showed up with uh, 20 tickets to a preseason game, and there was 20 people at the tweet-up. So everyone got to meet up again and have kind of like a tweet-up part de <laughs> at, uh, at GM Place on Monday night, so it was really cool. Yeah, and that was the game the other night against the Calgary Flames, the first of many that we've seen in the last little bit that have caused some, uh, been the usual uh, rickety roller coaster that we've come to expect from the Canucks, but fortunately some better results. Um, as for me, um, you know, because I know everyone's popping by my site every day just going, damn it, where did that go? <laughs> and, and after 12 years, my site has gone invisible, but uh, thanks to the... You know, you know how uh, web hosts come and go and ebb and flows, and it's the summertime. Who's got time? Ah, oh, so scrambling. So I'm hoping to have a site up by the time the season starts. But you know, not unlike a few other veterans that maybe might have played on the Canucks last year, I'm a little bit of a slow starter. I might waffle for the till around Christmas time. But I'm wicked clutch in the playoffs, man. Is uh, and you know last you you yeah yeah. You're calling yourself the Matt Sandina podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Except I'm older and slower and have way better hair. <laughs> so. <laughs> you have hair. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely some big things coming along this year, and and the Canucks themselves um, are getting a few things ready. Uh, we should build Kevin Kinghorn in here later on to talk about some of the things that they're going to be doing to promote more of this fan-based coverage kind of thing because, you know, we've all been doing it for a little while now, but there's a whole other wave of people, you know, coming across Canucks fan blogs and stuff that folks have, I, I don't even know yet. So yeah. for anyone out there who's doing a Canucks blog or some kind of social media, do get involved and participate. Let us know what you're up to, and we'd love to participate with you. You know, uh, over the last couple of years, um, we've had uh, Zanstorm, and who's doing some work now with Yankee Canuck? Is that what? It is? What's up with that? Yeah, they've uh, they've got KnoxMisconduct.com, which is part of the SB Nation, um, which is basically James Myrtle's empire. Some of you know James Myrtle as a hockey blogger extraordinaire slash Globe and Mail reporter slash you know, hockey blog or whatever. <laughs> he, he's from Kamloops, but not a Canucks fan. Yeah, he's from, yeah, he, he's from BC. I think he's still a Canucks fan, actually. I hope he, he hasn't turned into a Leafs fan yet. Uh, is, there, is there any worse fate? Is there any worse fate? <laughs> well, if he did uh, switch allegiances, he, he probably picked the wrong team, right? <laughs> Now, now jumping into the season so far, um, you know we've we've everyone says at the beginning of the thing, oh preseason doesn't matter. Who cares about your preseason record? But you would rather be six and zero than zero and six. But the big difference in this training camp compared to some of the years that we saw, especially during uh, you know when Brian Burke, Mark Crawford, you'd go into training camp and you'd say, well maybe there's a battle for the 12th forward spot. But aside from that, 
yeah, they're pretty much just going through the motions. This year has been a real different thing where we're seeing deep into training camp now uh, and preseason, there's a lot of players that are really looking like they're getting that extra look, like not like, well, we need some other guys to skate. Like, we're really taking a look at you. Who's caught your eye that's been kind of come out of the blue? Uh, well, there's a few guys. I mean, the competition this year, I think it's, I mean, anyone except for the Sedins and Samuelson and Burroughs and Kesser, I think all the other spots are up for grabs. I mean, Wellwood's having a great camp. I think Mason Raymond's having an excellent camp. I think those two are, uh, uh, those two are making a really good uh, impression on the coaching staff. They might take over Pavel Dimitris' line, uh, spot in the lineup, Dimitris starting on the IR. So, uh, But there's a bunch of guys out there. Uh, Yannick Hansen, um, Richard Globe's favorite player, and he's actually sporting the uh, one of only two Hansen jerseys, I think, in the lower <laughs> mainland. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Sergei Shurkov, of course. Uh, but there's one guy, and I mentioned it at the last episode, Aaron Rome. He's still here. He's a defenseman. Uh, picked a uh, signed him from Columbus at, uh, during the summer, and he's still here. <laughs> I, I, he's my he's my underdog pick to make the team. Yeah, that game against uh, Calgary the other day, he really acquitted himself very well as I dropped the recorder all over the floor. Uh, had a great game, and uh, you know the other guy that's popping. Well, first of all, he's got a, a great name because we have Pope, and I'm just dying for Pope to score so we can say a goal from Pope from Rome. <laughs> From Parrish. <laughs> and, then, and then you had a little bit of funk in there. Who's got the funk? <laughs> now, John, last time when we were watching the game, uh, we were looking at Tanner Glass and, and saying, well, that's quite a soap opera name. And it's also a lousy name for a hockey player. You don't want a guy to be Glass and, so, you know, sound soft, like Glass Joe in the old uh, punch him up uh, uh, video game. But, uh, but he, uh, as soon as we were like, yeah, what's this guy? He's there doing the first intermission interview and then comes back and has a great second period including a goal, eh? I, it's been interesting to to rewatch some of the, the the highlights of him because he, he's been kind of spotlighted on various uh, uh, like Sportsnet things and, uh, that I've seen over the past couple days and last night too. Like we, we, I was totally calling him out, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I called him out, and maybe this is a JJ thing because from previous previous episodes, <laughs> as soon as JJ calls somebody out, it seemed to do well. Yo, well. Exactly. I, I, I seem to call out this guy. What's with this glass guy, man? He keeps giving up the puck, bad penalty. Next thing you know, he starts skating like lightning and then scoring. So, uh, and, and he's actually got the spotlight, too. A lot of people are actually expecting some good things from him. So, I, I, I'm pulling for the guy all of a sudden. Um, and, and he's been playing pretty, uh, pretty uh, impressively tonight. On top of that, I, I want to mention, too, uh, Ray Croft is in goal for this game. And the battle of Raycroft versus Schneider is, is, is it's, it's hot. It's, it's, this, is the, this is the topic, this is the thing that people are going to be talking about until we, we hit October 1st here. And Raycroft has been looking good so far. So those two guys have been impressing me quite a bit. Not on my radar before. Glass, Raycroft. I wouldn't mind seeing them. Yeah, and uh, Glass had a great shift there in the first period where he had the helmet off. I love the shifts where you go and you make that play, you dig the puck up, push the puck on, he comes up with his helmet off, still skating like a demon. you got to love that. Now, Rebecca, yesterday was Raise a Reader Day, and, and you know, I remember a few years ago walk, you know, taking the bus, and I go down to Lonsdale Key and do the C bus and all that, and I walk down there, and, and I see some guy wearing a Canucks sweater, and I'm like, it's not even a game day. What's that? Good guy doing. Turns out it's Matt Cook. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Stanley Cup champion, Matt Cook. Right, right. Uh, yesterday I go down to the C bus and there was just a couple cops there, which totally cramped my style because well I usually make a little pit stop before the C bus. But 
you made the whole round and ended up uh, connecting with a, with a few players, eh? Yep. Um, I made sure to check the Vancouver Sun website before we went out, and I noticed that they had some uh, live posted images of some people who were at uh, Burrard in Georgia. I think mostly they used to be along Robson and Howe and Hornby, but they stay along Georgia now. So I met up with uh, Kyle Wellwood, with Grabner, uh, Shane O'Brien. Um, who else did I see? Odley Odleifson? Chris Odleifson, who, who uh, was, a, was a captain for uh, at least half a season back in sort of those transitional days around Kevin McCarthy and before Stan Smeal. And he was a good-looking older man, too. Nice, toothy smile. He is. Very handsome, yes. But he was a little down on himself. When he signed my paper, he's like, oh, like not, the, like, not like this will add to the value at all. But it was actually the most successful uh, Razor Reader uh, that I've ever had. I've had the most people sign. I mean, I started doing Razor Reader in 2005, and I think I got Trevor Linden to sign my paper, which is really cool. Next year, I got a few more guys. Last year was like Steamer and... Uh, uh, Kurtenbach and stuff like that. I was going to say Kurtenblog. Kurtenblog. <laughs> <laughs> but this year is really cool. Yeah, a lot of people out. Now, it's worth noting, um, um, Alana's not here. we got to give a shout-out to Alana over there on the island. She hasn't vanished on it. She's doing her, her blogging and stuff. But I don't think we'll hear quite as much from her this year because she's got some other things going on. But what made me think of it is is Jeff there from the island has become the poster boy for Raise a Reader. All over the big screen, whenever you need a Raise a Reader picture, there's Jeff in the steamer, man. That never uh, ceases to, to, to make me smile. Uh, and on top of that, that really made his... It, 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 I think it, it made his decade because... He is such a, a Stan Smeal fan. It, I've never, well, I, I only met Jeff a couple times, and uh, the smile on his face was, he didn't wipe it off until he got on the bus to head back to the ferry. And it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful. Great day. <laughs> All right, when we come back in the second intermission, I want to talk a little bit more about the line combinations and talk about some of these guys who are kind of on the bubble, like uh, Cody, Cody Hodson. Michael Grabner, Sharok uh, off a little bit more, plus some of these line combinations, including, uh, and, you know, Blizznak, and, you know, some neat, uh, there's some neat stories here in camp. So we'll reconvene in the second admission and maybe bring in uh, Kevin from the Canucks and a few of these other knuckleheads. We'll see if we can't uh, tie a boy wonder down for a few minutes. All right. Again, we gather around the comfortable campfire that is the fine rarefied suites here in the rafters at General Motors Place. We brought in a few more miscellaneous renegades, the people that bring you the alternative Canucks coverage, the people who don't whine and complain endlessly about the team like <coughs> Tony Gallagher. Well, except for Richard Lode, who just can't seem to find some satisfaction with this team. Before I get around to everyone else, Richard, what was it, man? What do you got about this Hudson kid, man? Yes. Come on, lay it, lay it out, man. Lay it out. You, you caused the firestorm yesterday, and it's time for you to atone. What are you talking about, Dave? I love Cody Hodgson. I got his jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And here you are buying his bus ticket back to, uh, back to Brampton. Have you been to Brampton? I haven't, but it sounds like a shithole. I mean, uh, a lovely town. Hockeyville, something. I heard Cody likes it a lot. Maybe we should give him uh, what he's asking for. So basically, the gist of your post was you're saying that he doesn't have the eye of the tiger, right? I'm just, I'm just saying I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into the hype that everyone else is buying into. The media has created this, this. Uh, Hold on, the media. So people are talking that Hudson's like a lot to make the team. Who's saying that? You know, it just. My, my point is, everyone's portraying him to be this, some godchild that's that's coming that's coming out as the next Trevor Linden, and 
I'm not buying it yet. You know, maybe he will be, maybe he won't be, but I'm not falling into that trap just yet. Ah, I don't believe the hype. He is not the man, he's not the boy god. He's not the chosen one. Perhaps one day he will be. <laughs> so so uh, I've, I, in this first intermission, I was asking people who's their dark horse that they're seeing coming out, who's uh, really uh, piquing their interest, so to speak. Uh, it's no surprise I like Sherkov. I liked what I saw in the first couple games. Granted, it's the preseason. Teams weren't dressing their best rosters. Um, I think the kid really fits well with the, the Sedins, or even you put him against, uh, put him alongside someone like Kessler and Burroughs. Uh, a lot of speed, and I think his playmaking could really uh, help the team. He's, if you read my post, I also... I also well, I, I sure did, Richard. I sure read your post. <laughs> I <lo> <laughs> I think I think the fact that he's Russian, he brings this aggression and edge to to the game, which the team doesn't have with uh, the large Swedish contingent that we we have on on the on the on the team. They're a more passive aggressive. So I just like uh, the style of play he brings, and he's certainly someone that's piquing my interest. Mm -hmm. And of course, the last Russian on the team. And this team has a, a vast history of Russian players, but the last Russian player, Artem Chubarov, five his five first NHL goals were all game winners. Talk about lucky 13, eh? <laughs> All right, Josh. Now, we as old crusty veterans here, sometimes we, we buy into the cynicism about this team. Oh, well, you know, we've been a middling team. We went through 13 years without having a 500 record. But you, you represent the young generation. You come to this without the cynicism. You, you, you don't have a hockey Canucks hockey memory before the 1994 playoffs. How do you feel going into this season? Do you feel absolved from all this baggage that some of us old codges carry around? Uh, I haven't felt this way about a season before. Uh, Cody Hodgson coming into the season. Uh, you know, I'm really high on the guy. I know we got Mosey uh, laughing his ass off over there, but I'm pretty high on the kid. I know he's playing uh, not so well, but I'm hoping he pulls through and Signing, signing Samuelson. I've never seen a GM like uh, Mike Gillis do everything that he's done in this offseason. Uh, you know, Pat Quinn, Dave Nonis, they didn't do the same kind of things he's done, and I'm really excited about that. Mm -hmm. Now, now uh, I'm going to move over here to Dan Funboy, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are, uh, these guys are talking about these young guys that are trying to make this lineup, and we talked a little bit about uh, Tanner Glass in the first intermission, but really, the the, the, the mail is going to get carried by some of these guys who are coming back who aren't, who aren't the rookies. Who's really caught your eye here that's gonna, that you're expecting to make a big step forward? Well, going in, there was this big battle for potentially one top six spot for one of the new forwards. And I think the one that's stepped up and claimed that so far has been Mason Raymond. Even though he's got a little experience, he's still a very young guy. And he, and he showed through his commitment this offseason that he wants to be the, the one that fills that spot on the second line. Well, the, the first thing you notice about him is he's he's not just going to the outside. It seemed like last year sort of hit a plateau because he kind of ran out of moves to make. And, it, and, and then as soon as you go a few games without scoring, you start to get a little tentative. But the thing that I've noticed this year is instead of cutting to the outside all the time, he's going at the net. And we saw that Bobby Orr like flying through the air move the other night, eh? And uh, so do you think he's going to fill in that spot that's uh, currently uh, available from Pavel Dimitri being on the shelf? Yeah, definitely, and possibly even once Pavel Dimitri gets back. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful opportunity to have this wealth of body bodies. Yeah, once it shakes down, we're gonna probably have the Kessler unit, 
and another unit, and it's going to be kind of second line, third line, depending on who the matchup is. And if we're at home or on the road, and depending on which line the other the opposing coach wants to put up against them, that whichever line faces the other team's top line will be the checking line, and the other one should be the supplemental scoring line. This is kind of how you see it in Detroit also, where they don't have really a third checking line. Their fourth line's more their grit line, and they just kind of have an extra scoring line. So they really have three scoring lines. And a lot of that's because their top players, the Zetterbergs and the Dotsuks, kill penalties. So they're, they ha- I mean, they're more defensively responsible. So the Brian Burke method of top six, bottom six doesn't really uh, apply on teams like that. I think that's more the direction the Canucks are going. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's definitely caught my eye in this uh, early in this preseason been Kyle Wellwood. Not only does the guy look faster, but he seems he's really been in, put in a leadership position, and he's out there kind of running the team and uh, put in all sorts of uh, situations. Do you expect what do you expect from him this year? Well, he's a, he's one of those guys that will fit in on this second and third line, and some nights he's going to be a checker, and some nights he's going to be a scorer, depending on who the oppo- the opposing coach puts up against him. Now, Brian, I want to bring you into this here and, and talk about some of these veterans that we brought into training camp. It used to be training camp was for the returning players and a few of those grommets, a few like the Josh Holdens and Nathan Smiths that we that would pretend that they had a chance, and then a guy like Steve Correa and, and uh, Jason King might step up or whatever. But this year in training camp, they did something a little different when they brought in a lot of these veterans that we've seen working around the league, kind of some journeymen like Dave Scatchard, Mark Parrish, uh, Petrovicki. Do you think any of these guys have a chance of making the squad, or are they just kind of here auditioning for something else? Well, Scatchard and Petrovicki were cut this morning, I believe. But um, I think the reason they brought them in is because there's so many exhibition games, and they want to keep guys fresh and, and not risk injury to these guys. So I think that's main, the main purpose of it. It's good for them, too. They get exposure. Maybe some other team will pick them up that doesn't have quite as much depth as the Canucks do. Yeah, or else they can uh, probably find themselves a, uh, a job in Germany or something. And to me, making 150 grand playing hockey in Switzerland seems like some kind of dream lifestyle. But I guess for these guys, it's a little bit of a step backwards, eh? Yeah, I'd sign up for that, for sure. <laughs> or maybe uh, Phoenix will just uh, take whoever's left over. You know, whoever's whoever's running the show in Phoenix will just kind of make a call around and rake in. It could be the farm team of the National Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, like, we need... We need team to... could just send their rejects to Phoenix. <laughs> It'll become like the temporary employment agency of the NHL. Oh, yeah, we, we have a guy out sick today. Can we get someone uh, someone coming in? Is Rick Lee there as a head coach? <laughs> hey, Alex, I want to bring you in here. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you're always talking about, this is a little uncomfortable for me to say because I'm a, well, I'm, I'm a dude, but you're always talking about uh, the, 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 the fellas that you fancy on the team, right? And, uh, and, 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 and Taylor Pye has taken his uh, shiny, twinkly eyes down to, to Phoenix. So uh, who is, and, and your boyfriend, Matthias Olin's down in Tampa Bay. After, after examining the free agent market for almost six hours, he really decided that Tampa gave him the best opportunity. Who's, uh, who's fan club card are you signing up for this year? Uh, Shane O'Brien's my main guy. Yeah, he's Alex's new boyfriend, you know, so yeah. Well, I noticed uh, with Rebecca's pictures, he's wearing a Detroit Tigers uh, hat there. It's kind of reminded me of Magnum P.I., but he doesn't have the mustache. What is it about Shane O'Brien that appeals to you? Is he cute, or do you like the way he plays? I like how he fights, stands up for his teammates. But, yeah, he's got a good smile, too. Well, if you like the way he fights, shouldn't you be loving Rick Rippon? 
I do love Rick Riffin. He's like Vice Alex's boyfriend. Oh. Well, the, the, you know, it's probably the time of the year where we do the over-under guesses on how many games till Rick Riffin's out with the season-ending injury. I'm going to take the number 12 because that is the holiest number in all Canucksdom. If anyone wants to say over-under of 12, say so now. Yeah, I'll go with 16. 16. How many games is Riffin get? 37. Yeah, he'll miss uh, 41, half the season. All right. I give him 25. Talking about Salo? <laughs> <laughs> Salo, he, he matches. It's, it's, it's Rick Rippon, but we can change it to who will play more games, Rick Rippon or Sammy Salo or Matthew Schneider, who coincidentally is American. You'll win bar bets all year long with that one. Uh, Rick Rippon will play more games than Sammy Salo, as will every player on the Canucks. <laughs> well, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have sort of our B team with uh, Demetra and Salo and Schneider and Rippon, who just sort of cycle through the IRA. Eh? <laughs> now, the other thing that people have been talking about is this battle for Luongo, who gets to be Luongo's caddy. Schneider had a little bit of a tough outing the other night against Calgary. Raycroft has gone from superhero Calder Trophy winner to sort of a journeyman. What do you think? Who do you think would be backing up, should be backing up the Luongo this year? Um, I would probably say it's going to be Raycroft. I think with Schneider and his skill uh, skill set at this point, he's probably better to be showcased in the AHL. It's probably, I mean, there's the rumors of the trade bait. So, you know, he, I think to show off his skills, he's probably better suited for the AHL, plus also cap reasons. And Raycroft has come on and said, I really want this job. I'm totally happy only playing a dozen games a year. So that does lend, us, you know, lend some credence to his desire to play. But it's, uh, you know, you have to make those tough decisions. And sometimes you say, well, sending a guy like Schneider, who's done everything he can almost in the AHL back down or Hudson back down to juniors, maybe it's a little tough, but I guess that's kind of business, hey? And uh, so I'm going to go back to you, Josh, and you know, because you're about the same age as Hodson, more or less, within a year or two. Can you? Can you? Jeez, really, eh? Wow. So can you imagine having to face all these, these, uh, this, these big life-changing decisions? Like, can you imagine going in tomorrow to your job, wherever you work, McDonald's, 7-Eleven, wherever it is, and being like, "Wow, I wonder if they're going to bump me up to the big, to the big team tomorrow." Can you imagine that pressure? What must be going through his head? Well, personally, I know that's not going to happen for me because I'm only getting 12 hours this week. But, you know, Cody Hodson, Cody Hodson is going to be the man in Vancouver for a lot of years. Um, you know, if I was 19 years old, when I was 19 years old, I've been one year out of high school and I was looking for a full-time job. And I've still only got a part-time job. So I can only imagine in my wildest dreams what it's like for him, you know, to come into GM place, even to step on the ice, not during game time, you know, all these fans, and he's getting paid to, you know, entertain 18,000 people, plus people watching at home. How, what, what do you think he feels like when he, uh, you know, decides to get up in the morning, maybe have a have a, a, a cup of Sanka and read some internet, and he gets on there, and he's like, he checks in with his Facebook, sees his old junior high girlfriend, what she's doing, and then he's like, well, checks in a little hockey news, and he goes over and reads uh, Richard Lotz column, calling him names and calling him a diva and saying that he lacks heart and desire. How's that got to feel to a 19-year-old kid? Well, I know when I read it, I was pretty shocked. Uh, calling him a prima donna was... You know, I, I, I can see uh, Mosey's point, but uh, 
reading reading that kind of thing, I think coming up, he's been bred to uh, learn to live with that kind of thing. And as as are all hockey players, they should expect to even at, even at 19 years old, they should expect to have to deal with uh, media scrutiny, fan scrutiny, and. I think uh, you know he probably reads it and says, "Okay, that's that's one person, one person right there about me." And yeah, maybe a single tier, but no more. All right, ladies, how does Hudson rate on the uh, on the likability meter? Likeable meter? Yeah. He's quite high. He's a sweetheart. You yeah, agree? He's pretty cute. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the girls in Brampton will love him for another year, <laughs> and perhaps the ones in Guelph as well. And the ladies of Vancouver will have to suffice with the king of Denmark, Yannick Hansen. We're back for the third period. Canucks, Ducks, from the high rafters of GM Place. Thanks, everyone. So it turns out the Canucks shall not be perfect this entire season. Who, who, would, who would have guessed? But again, the Canucks come back and uh, well made it interesting. Uh, down to nothing, come back, uh, and uh, we saw a, a Shane O'Brien goal. Instead of saying first game of the first goal of the preseason, it should have said first goal of the century for uh, for Shane for Shane O'Brien. He seemed uh, he seemed quite excited about it. No, no, I like the SOB. I was there cheering for him. It's great to see him have a goal. But uh, the thing that really stood out for me in that third period, despite you know you know the result not going out. By the way, Slani or whoever scored there in uh, overtime, was the line combinations and seeing uh, Grabner and what's his bucket that uh, that boy god out there. <laughs> keeps name keeps on slipping me out, out there with the Pope all the way from Rome. Not to be confused with. <laughs> Rome the player out there so it seems like these guys are given uh, some significant responsibility on the stretch and the guy that really stuck, st- stood out for me is the other guy who's getting the, besides the boy god who's getting a little bit of heat uh, Michael Grabner guys are yeah. talking about this Grabner guy like he's a bust and like he's no Patrick White right you know he's out there and uh, was getting it done he had a great shot in the second period where it sounded like he was going to break the glass and he started the play to, that uh, uh, you know for, the, for that first goal by getting in there on the puck uh, so that was you know Grabner, I think uh, the guy can't be dismissed. I don't think he's going to make the team this year. What do you think about uh, that young Austrian? Uh, Austrian, are you talking about? He's Austrian. Grabner's from Austria, from Vlock, Austria. You didn't know that? Yeah, from Austria. Yeah, we're like the United Nations, man. We got the Russian, we got the Dane, we got the Austrian, we got the American, Matthew Schneider. Where, where's Samuelson from? Samuelson's Swedish, man. Okay. Yeah, he played. I thought he was from Finland. No, no, no. Oh, man. Holy yeah, Samuelson crap. was the Sedin's line mate at uh, the, the Olympics there in uh, Turin. And yeah, yeah, so he has to be from the same country. Tonight? Well, yeah, he was again tonight, although uh, in overtime he was out there uh, uh, with, uh, with Grabner. So they're giving him some looks and giving him some opportunities to succeed. But we're going to have to get you a scorecard with the little nationalities. You know, some teams, they put the, put the little patches of where they're from on their shoulder. That's what they should do, is to have some little flags for you. All we need is a Norwegian. We just need a Norwegian. Where is Espen Knutsen when we need him? It's, it's, it's like the Calgary Flames. They're all from Calgary, or they're all from Alberta, right? Yeah, they're all from Alberta, especially uh, Mickey, Mickey Kiprasov, Kippy. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So what's you got a problem with Grabner, too? Is uh, he all right with them? Uh, I got no problem with Grabner. I think while people have been hard on him, we have an embarrassing amount of depth this year. And I think, you know... 
on years gone by, if he was playing this 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 way, he wouldn't be come down on so hard. Uh, it's like you said, maybe maybe next year he gets a shot. It depends how things pan out. But we have a lot of depth. People like we're, people are forgetting Dimitris still in the lineup. You know, he is injured, but for four million dollars a year, you can't discount the guy. You know. Um, well, Dimitri's off at his side job. He actually plays the role of Michael Stipe in R.E.M. when he's not playing <laughs> hockey. Did you, I, have you ever seen him in the same place? <laughs> all, I, all I know is he was at Ambleside the other day, and I missed him, so there we go. Uh, he was out uh, jogging really slowly so he didn't hurt himself. So yes, there is a depth. <laughs> there is a wealth of talent in the lineup right now, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it used to be in training camp, we would have a bunch of guys who was like, wow, really, these are as good as we get? And, you know, I love guys like Harold Druken and old Josh Holden and, old, you know, Trent Klatt. To think that the Sedins were saddled with Trent Klatt as a linemate for a few years, and great guy, I'm sure he'd be great to, uh, you know, have over to the house for a barbecue. But come on, they really need some more talented players. So do you think it's going to be Samuelson? Do you think it's going to be Burroughs? Do you have a hunch on that or do you care? Uh, to touch on Samuelson, I have some above average expectations for the guy. And a lot of stuff I've been hearing from Detroit fans I've been talking to is he's going to be a big bust. I hope that's not the case, but so far in preseason, a whole lot of nothing going on. Well, I don't know, man. I think you got to look at that guy's two-way uh, two-way game, and the stick was active, and he was blocking pass, you know, breaking up passes. So don't be too quick to judge, because remember, what's considered uh, mediocre in Detroit is is great everywhere else in the league too, right? You take the Detroit third liner, and you're like, wow, we can build a team around that guy, right? <laughs> you know, so so don't get don't get too lofty on Samuelson. Who is it that you're excited about? Is there anyone that you're liking, Richard? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, we do. We have a we have a Messier uh, uh, poster up here. I I gotta say, I'm a little bit freaked out that we're here in the in the suite. And there, sure, you know, it's one thing to have a Messier in the Canucks uniform. That's scary enough. But then Messier there under the Rangers uniform. So I do have a Sharpie here. If anyone wants to draw, oh, I, I guess I gotta say better. No, no, I better put that away here. Oh, secu- security. Oh, <laughs> so who is it that you're excited about? You know, I to go back to Samuelson. I he has been he has been doing all the little things right. But I think Gillis did bring him in to provide more offense. And that's where my uh, he's not meeting my expectations. Um, who am I excited about? That's a good question. I, I like that Cody Hodgson kid. <laughs> <laughs> so this time of year, for the last seven years, it's been like the revolving free agent pickup, starting with Trent Clad and going through Jason King and Steve Bernier, Taylor Pyatt, Anson Carter, Cuckoo Kachu, where are you now? Where Anyone, Anson Carter, anyone with an iPhone? Can anyone find Anson Carter? And, and has he fired? Has he, he's got his own record label? Yeah. Well, I hope he's fired his agent because that was the stupidest decision. No, Anson, your job is to kind of coast here, stand about three feet from the net, we'll tie you to the post, just keep your stick on the ice and it'll be fine right and uh so who who's it going to be this year i mean samuelson if he's not going to make the cut is it burrows again burrows to me seems really valuable in other roles in the team too i say give burrows a shot everyone knows vino likes to juggle lines uh all the time sometimes he doesn't even wait for the game to get started give burrows a shot if if it clicks like last season then go with it i say if it ain't broke don't fix it Hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, Burroughs, uh, you know, it could have been an aberration. And how long do you stay with him? And, and do you put some trust into getting a guy comfortable with the line? Or do you just go with the hot hand, I guess, really is what the question comes down to. Scary stuff, scary stuff. Because you have these great players locked up for real big money. And they need to have that good third, uh, third man on the line in order to, top, to produce at the top of their level. 
Do you have a hunch of who should be playing with the Sedins, or do you care? Like, is it anyone just a pylon to ride shotgun with them? Uh, Samuelson seemed to, to kind of click tonight. I don't know if you noticed that, but there was the, the soft pass between the legs, drop back, you know, it's a little classic Sedin moves. So it kind of seemed like that might kind of flow into how those two work. But um, aside from that, uh, I, I, I really wouldn't, I, I, I would say Burroughs after that, but that's just because the guy's been around. The Russian, of course, we keep talking about the Russian. Um, he's been exciting to watch if he can stay healthy because obviously he's already got some knee problems going on right now. So I'd, I'd like to see him uh, get a chance to go, to go with him. They're going to love him in Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg has always been, has home to a huge Russian population. A lot of Ukrainians, they love their pierogies there. He's going he's gonna to do great in Winnipeg because the way the numbers work, um, there's no way that, uh, I, I, I just can't see him starting, uh, starting the, the, the year with this team. But, uh, but he's definitely a guy to get excited about. And his attitude has been great. And that's what, you know, people here in Vancouver with all the players that have cycled through, the ones that the people really attach themselves to are the ones that play like their hair is on fire. You know, Marty Jelena was like that. Just every shift, just like, oh, my God. You know, Alex Burroughs is the same way. And Shirokov seems to be that same kind of player. But I think it's a numbers game. Plus, with guys as, with a cool of names as Pope and Rome and Funk, how do you cut a guy like that? How do you decide what's the best name of those three? I don't know, but it sounds like a 70s power rock trio, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, I think they're opening for Def Leppard. It's Def Leppard, Cheap Trick, then Pope, Funk, and Rome. Pope, Funk, and Rome. That's almost as good as BTO. That's awesome. The one thing that I think we need to also bring up, though, I think it's the backup goalie situation because Raycroft versus Schneider's, I think, getting even, even hotter because even last year, we didn't think they'd be too much of an issue. We had Sanford, but then uh, Luongo went down with the, the growing injury, and Sanford came in, and then Schneider came up for a little bit, and it was kind of a juggling, and then Luongo came back, and everything seemed to be fine. So I, I think that we need to also kind of pay attention to that. Ray, uh, Raycroft looked okay. Uh, he let those soft goals kind of, well, I wouldn't say soft goals, but I, I had a really good chance to see all of them. But Schneider looks good. Raycroft looks good. It's just a matter of uh, how the numbers, I think, are going to play out. Well, they both look better than Martin Brochu or Peter, <laughs> Peter Scudra. Yeah. But uh, how about Chris Levesque? Do you think uh, we could call him up from UBC and get him down here? You know, they're not going to play a lot of games, but it has to be a guy who's got the mindset that he can come in and kind of be that pinch hitter mentality that can keep himself. It doesn't take three games to get in that groove. And maybe a, a guy with a little bit more veteran experience who really has something to prove, um, like Raycroft, maybe is a better choice. Everyone's talking about Schneider as trade bait, but what kind of piece to the team are we looking to add? Right now, it's like, well, great, a blue chip goalie. We'll trade him for a top six forward. Where do we put him? We'll ta- yeah. trade him for a top four defenseman. Where do we put him? So it's going to be really interesting to see what the management does here down the stretch to clear up these uh, cap issues and, and stuff like that. So there'll be some tough decisions to be made down the stretch. The good news is there's been many seasons where there was no tough decisions to be made. It was like, oh, geez, who's been waived from the other teams that we can pick up, you know? Oh, yeah, that's guy who got dropped from Columbus. Let's sign him. Well, of course. Oh, wait. <laughs> So gone are those days, and we are on the verge of what, uh, you know, once the other 12, 13 games of preseason are done here, the 20-game preseason schedule's done, we'll really see uh, what we got ahead. But we know it doesn't include Dave Scatcherd. 
So I don't know what, how we're going to fill our Dave quota on the team. There's no Nonis. There's no Dave Gagne. No Dave Scatcherd. No Dave Babich. In fact, there's not a single guy on the team with a mustache. I don't know what we're going to do. Are there any Daves? No Daves on the Canucks right now. Just me. All right. <laughs> well, that doesn't bode well for the 2009-2010 season. But still, we were carry on. And despite the loss tonight, it was good times here in the suite. Thanks to the Canucks and thanks to all the, uh, the, the people who make the social media coverage to provide alternative coverage of our beloved Canucks without the cynicism, the scorn, or the privilege of the mainstream media. You know, we here in the suite, we're allowed to wear Canucks jerseys, and we're allowed to cheer, and we're allowed to drink beer. Three things that they can't do in the press box. So you can't see it right now, press box, but I got a message for you. We're out from the suite at GM Place. Thanks, everyone. I was just going to say, Anson, Anson Carter was last seen playing for HC Lugano of the Swiss, Na Swiss National Liga. <laughs> wow, what a great lifestyle. Walking to the games. I can see the snowflakes settling on his dreadlocks right now. 